When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, Maradisas? Happy Wednesday. This is Keon Sabani. Wanted to hit you with some bonus content today. What you're about to listen to is taken from last night's post-game podcast that went up over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. About 15 minutes after the game, Ewan McTeer and I hopped on Zoom. We're joined by a bunch of patrons to break down last night. But really, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't so much about the game. We didn't go that deep in analysis with that one. But we did do a very long podcast talking about big picture stuff. And we took questions live on the call towards the end of the analysis. And this particular segment... You'll hear discussion on Alvaro Rodriguez and the way Real Madrid have managed both him and Arribas, uh, as well as what I think um, is one of Real Madrid's biggest flaws when it comes to squad building that they have actually improved on, but they need to continually improve on. And a whole spiel on football identities and why a lot of the dialogue surrounding it is a little bit farcical, in my opinion. So that's what you're about to listen to today. The entire podcast was quite lengthy. Obviously, we did not include the whole thing. Um, but if you want analysis on the performances of the Real Madrid players last night, Ancelotti's post-game quotes, um, referees, which was a big talking point, and much more, that's over on patreon.com slash Madrid. Get in on that action because next week against Manchester City, we're doing the live post-game podcast exclusively for patrons as well. So get in on that action, patreon.com slash Madrid. And without further ado, here is today's clip. Let's go. Uh, I guess the biggest talking point tonight was the um, slight optimism that some fans had that some of the Castilla kids were in the squad. Mm-hmm. Nico Paz, Sergio Arribas, uh, Carlos Dottor, uh, Alvaro Rodriguez. Is that it? Was that f- was someone else? I think that's it. That's mm, it. Okay. The goalkeeper, but yeah. Okay. So... Um, you know, maybe some people thought that these guys would, would get some playing mm-hmm. time. Turns out Mariano Diaz starts. So I guess this is my <laughs> question to you that I'm posing. Um, it, it does seem like sometimes <laughs> maybe I have something against Mariano Diaz. I don't inherently have something against Mariano Diaz. I'm just frustrated that this guy is getting minutes over the Castilla yeah. kids. In part, this is the reason why. Because 
Mariano Diaz is not going to be a Real Madrid player next year. He has nothing to play for. He has nothing to prove to us. And even if he did, he did a terrible job of proving his worth today. There are kids who deserve um, playing time. And I also, just looking at the the, the Castilla schedule, because there is an argument to be made that, like, look, these guys are fighting to make it to Segunda. That's the focus. But these guys don't play until Sunday. And there's a lot of time to rest. So that's my gripe with it. But I, I'm curious to know what your perception of it was and where you stand on this. Yeah, I mean, so we're uh, recording this right now while Ancelotti hasn't spoken yet. He's probably just about to, so we don't know what he's going to say. But I know what he's going to say. He's going to say that, go to the schedule, which is at Castilla. Yeah, they don't play till next Sunday, but they just played on Sunday. So they just played two two days ago. So that's not 72 hours rest. Um, not enough time to be starting these guys, blah, blah, blah. That's, I don't buy that. These guys are young. These guys are 18. Alvaro Rodriguez, sure, he started on... On Sunday, he played, he scored in that last game for Castilla. He's 18 years old. He can play. He can start these games. He can get more than just half an hour that he got. Uh, the other kids can get more than, you know, the crumbs. They can play. They can start these games for an hour. If fatigue becomes an issue, you take them off. You don't bring them on uh, in a game like this. So that's the excuse I'm sure Ancelotti will give, is that the schedule. I think that's partly because Real Madrid are annoyed about their upcoming Sunday, Saturday, Tuesday turnaround. It would be a bit hypocritical to then play players who just played Sunday, Tuesday. But these are teenagers. These are not, you know, Modric. These are not Benzema. These are teenagers who can play, you know, a couple of times Sunday to uh, Tuesday turnaround. So that's the excuse they'll give. I thought they should have deserved more. Alvaro Rodriguez in particular. I mean, I don't know what happened there because after the derby, after a couple of good performances, we thought he might get a few starts along the way. Never happened. And just kind of left out of the picture with, like you mentioned, the excuse of Castilla games are important right now. Castilla didn't play tonight. They could have got valuable minutes and uh, Mariano got them instead. And uh, I like the way you put it, 10 men for the whole game, Mariano for the first hour. And then uh, after Carvajal got sent off around about that exact same time. Well, just to, again, this is not an absolute attack on Mariano, but the truth is that, and I didn't check by the end of it. Maybe I'll pull it up now. At halftime, he had eight touches. He was yeah, it was he, 13 by the end when he went off. Incredibly non-existent. Like he yeah. and I and I made this point on Twitter too. He's not really, you know, doing much defensively behind the ball. He's not working that hard. Um, you look at some of these defensive sequences, we're going into these four, five, one blocks, and Mariano's just kind of floating around and not really doing anything. And then on offense, he's just not getting involved. He's not making great runs. Rodrigo, I felt was like a one-man transition attacking uh player today. And uh, did not have much help. And I think I think also just to go back to this, the point about the 72 hours and all this stuff, like, again, I get it that I I will be the first to say that Castilla should be in Segunda. Like, you should, or at the very least, you should make every single effort possible to get Castilla to Segunda. That should be a mandate of, of the Real Madrid board. So I, I'm totally okay with prioritizing that. But I also think, again, one week, and you put it, the fact that, these guys are, are younger legs. And these standards were not apparent for Vinicius when he went to Brazil and played within like less than 48 hours or whatever it was last season. Uh, Arribas obviously coming off a hat-trick on the weekend. Alvaro scoring too, like you mentioned. Um, so so that's, that's, that's just one thing that I want to say. But I also wonder... Um, 
I, I guess I'm kind of surprised. I, I would like to know the exact thinking, and I'm sure we'll get the Carlo postgame quotes while we're recording so we can kind of tackle it as those quotes come in. But what, so like what, what puts Mariano in contention to play today and not Hazard? Is it just the fact that he wanted a target man or? Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about should Mariano or Hazard have started, we're we're reaching a we're reaching a a dark hole um, here. I mean, you know, um, Hazard starting would have been not much better, probably about the same, just as offensive to the young players. That's not really the issue. It's, it's more let the young players play or do something creative. Let Rodrigo play there. Ancelotti himself has said that, you know, Rodrigo's so versatile. He can be a backup for Benzema in the future. Okay, I know Vinicius isn't there. It's a rare opportunity for him to play in the left wing. That's great if you're Rodrigo, but um, I'm sorry, Rodrigo. Let's be honest. Vinicius is playing pretty much every game for the next decade. So you're not going to play in the left wing. You are going to play at number nine a lot. So have another chance to practice there and put, you know, Marco Sensio on the left wing and, or someone else and, um, you know, bring Lucas Vasquez in as a winger, something like this. Um, you know, um, there's many players I think who should have been there if Benzema wasn't. Rodrigo, for me, would have been even ahead of Mariano and Hazard. Um, and, yeah, I think we both agreed that Alvaro Rodriguez was the, the obvious option. So I don't know what the thinking was. I don't know if it was tactical. I don't know if it was just rotation. Maybe it is that. I mean, let's be honest, Mariano isn't going to play the Copa del Rey final a single minute. Mariano isn't going to play the Manchester City first leg, second leg, a single minute. This game didn't really matter. Um, why not put him up there and not risk injury? Not even Alvaro Rodriguez, for example, could come off the bench and be important in one of these games. Maybe Ancelotti just is thinking if these minutes don't mean anything, um, which is debatable, but that's one point of, of view. If these minutes don't mean anything anyway, why not give them to the player and he can suck up these minutes? The player who, um, we don't really, no one really minds too much if, um, he gets tired or injured and and doesn't play these big games. I don't know. That could be the thinking. Tactical, yeah. I don't think there's a big tactical galaxy brain thought of something was going to happen tonight with Mariano up front. No, and sorry, to be clear, I was not advocating for Hazard to start. I was just kind of like just trying know, to figure 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 out the reasoning as like what what put yeah. Mariano like involved in this discussion, but but not Hazard. Cofintos, probably. Yeah. Um I you know it's interesting because you and I, I remember had a podcast in Madrid uh, the night of the derby. Was that the one where Alvaro comes in and scores the header? Uh, yeah. Yeah. After we were... he scored, we, yeah, we had the podcast like mm, an hour after. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember like that this was around the time when Alvaro was um, very limited sample size was coming in and, and scoring a couple goals, right. In his very limited, mm-hmm. limited playing time and impressing. Yeah, he and came obviously... on against Osasuna and had like two assists, one counted and then came on against Atletico and scored. That's so right. like 20 minutes total. 20 minutes, yeah. Impact. 20 minutes of, of very, very efficient football. And yeah. obviously around the time, you know, he's going away with Uruguay too in the in the sub-20 um, tournament there and, and scoring a bunch of goals there. So like there was like a, a track record of him playing well and in form. And we started to ask the question, like we don't really know yet because it's way too early, but there was some dialogue. And I think Ancelotti said in the press conference around that time that, Alvaro is someone that they're gonna we're gonna look at, you know, next year. Uh, he he's gonna be in the squad. Did he not actually come out and say that he's gonna be he's, in the squad next yeah, year? He said he's that. gonna be in the first team squad next season. Right. Yeah. 
And so my thinking was like, and this was around the time when Alvaro was getting playing time and playing well with the with the A team. If the league is going to be done, I'd like to see more of Alvaro on the A team level just to see what we actually have on our hands here. Because if we're starting to make decisions of like signing X striker this summer, who um, you know is 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 okay but not that interesting, but kind of just an okay player, well, we should give Alvaro some tryouts here to end the season just so we see what we actually have to actually properly evaluate him beyond what he does with Raul's Castilla because we want to see him at a different level too. Because sometimes you see really good players with Castilla but it doesn't translate to the professional level. So I just want to see more of that. Um, I also thought it was just kind of brutal and unfortunate that Arribas comes in. And Arribas was... Uh, he had three touches by the end of this game in the in the mm-hmm. nine plus five, five minutes injury yeah. time. In the 14 minutes, he had three touches. I thought it was just unfortunate and kind of like brutal that he came in in that kind of game state. This was an impossible situation. You're down to 10 men. You're barely getting on the ball. Um, it's a tough place to come in and try to impress yourself. And I just hope he's not unfairly judged on that too. I don't think he will be judged on that because I think mm-hmm. Angelotti's smart enough to know what, what was actually happening when he came on. But it would have been cool to see him in a different um, game yeah. state. He's, in different he's, he's so unfortunate. And I don't know what the stat is now, but, but I remember I think one of his last appearances similar one, 10 minutes here. I went and looked at it because he's now made, you know, like 10, 11 appearances for the first team, but has a total of like something like 120 minutes, something like this, because it's 10 minutes at a time, maybe half an hour here, maybe a 90th minute sub there to average it out. But more or less, he's getting 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, really staccato. You know, you can't, you can't make an impact like this, you know. Some players come on and do. Um, he even did, I think, in, was it the the... Club World Cup or uh, whatever it was. But, like, you know, you're not making an impact in that amount of time. Give a player half an hour, um, come on the 60th minute. Yeah, you can evaluate that half an hour because that's a decent amount of time. For Alvaro today, maybe not because it's 10 men. But, I mean, in general, bringing these young players on with half an hour, okay, that's interesting. But the last, giving them just 10 minutes every time, you never give these players a chance to... Uh, to make an impact. And some people will just look at the appearance stats and say, ah, this guy's played a dozen times for Real Madrid. I don't remember anything. And that's unfair on these guys. They deserve a, a proper um, a proper game and not just 10 minutes spread out over a dozen different matches, which really, in particular, is the case of Arribas. This is also why I don't, what I don't get. I, I think sometimes we just get these things wrong as like a collective decision-making model, the way we mm-hmm. handle these things. Because there were games where Alvaro was called up to our squad instead of the Castilla squad. Meanwhile, not only is he not helping Castilla, he's also playing one minute, in the, coming on like the 89th minute for us. So he's not neither playing for us nor helping Castilla. And I just don't understand how we come up to that conclusion that that's a good idea for anyone. It's a lose, lose, lose. Lose for our team, lose for Castilla, lose for Alvaro. I, I don't get some of these decisions that we make. It's... it's um. It's pretty nonsensical, but um, yeah, I sometimes feel like it's like a little bit arbitrary and doesn't mean much when we include these players in the squad. Like sometimes you'll see, oh, you know, ex Castilla player has been called up to the Champions League squad, and it really doesn't mean anything other than he just gets to go get on an airplane with the A team, and that's cool, I guess. But it it doesn't really mean much for for anyone. Felix, you have another question. Yeah, I'll be brief. Um, thank you for, for taking it. Um, so I was speaking to my friend who's a Barcelona fan, and he was saying, don't worry, you guys will magically turn around, turn it all around versus City like you always do. And 
from his perspective, I understand why he would fear that. But I really don't think it's a flex to say, look, we can play terrible and then magically get a last minute game winner. You know, I think it's it's it shows weakness that we have to do all these comebacks and that we lose one game against. I'm not saying Sociedad is a bad team, but we can lose against anybody and then beat PSG in the Champions League. I think our inconsistency in general through the last, you know, a few years is is really worrisome. Zidane, uh, Ancelotti, different coaches, different players. I mean, I don't I don't know what it is, but we we are just not consistent in our focus and in our play. And I agreed with the with the first question very much that um, I forget I forget who asked, but that we rely on our individual br- brilliance. And that's okay when you have Cristiano Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, Modric, Kroos, but, you know, our next generation is not going to be that. We need we need a system to be consistent. We need, with our defenders, why are we letting in so many goals? Why are we letting in goals against Girona, Almeria? You know, today should have been 4-0. So I think the inconsistency is is really, really worrisome. Whether or not we can squeeze out a Champions League win, I would just say this is Real Madrid. This has always been Real Madrid. You know, they've always won Champions Leagues in years when they maybe had the bad league campaign. And just your point there about you name some of the great players of the current um, sort of generation on the way out and you say we won't have that again. They will. It's Real Madrid. Like, you know, maybe you never get a midfield quite like this because maybe it's the best of all time. But you look at the Real Madrid squad in general and it's pretty consistently a top pre-squad in the world since going back decades and decades. It's Real Madrid. They're always going to have the best players. Um, there's always going to be new stars coming through. And some of these players you mentioned are on the way out. It's a shame to see them go, but you look at some of the ones who are coming through, some of the ones who will be bought in the transfer market, and they'll be just as good, maybe not in the same positions, but overall the squad, I think, will be just as good because it's Real Madrid. So this is um this is a completely valid concern in my opinion and I think one of the 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 things that Real Madrid doesn't do well is that it tends to measure success solely on the final result and not the process itself and I think the better way to analyze and to improve the team is to look at the process and not the final trophy because I think if you look at the entire holistic picture you you you're forced to make upgrades to the squad in a different way. Whereas if you look at, let's say, 100 and, um, I don't know, let's just say like 130 minutes of bad performances and then 20 minutes, twenty a 20-minute 20 burst in the second leg to get the job done in advance, I think it's great to have that gear to click into. But if you're looking at this from a top-down perspective and you're the board and you're trying to construct the squad, you can't look at a 20-minute blitz. You have to look at the entire season and look at the good stuff, but then really scrutinize to see what went wrong in the season and what would have happened if a ball bounced a different way. Lucas and I talked about this on the Giannis and Carlo Ancelotti podcast Mm. yesterday, I think it was, where we said, like, if Courtois doesn't save Messi's penalty in the first leg, how do you change your your plan in the summertime and you're eliminated against PSG in the round of 16 instead of that little domino trickling into the fact that you eventually win the Champions League? Those are the fine margins we're talking about. 
And so you have to look at what goes wrong in the season, regardless of if you win the trophy or not, and continually upgrade the squad and, and change the things that are not going wrong um, to sustain winning. Otherwise, because what is real is basically what's happening for the majority of the season. It's not the gears you click in and out of. So the, ge- the gears you click in and out of in, in many ways um, are, comp- are basically down to transcendence, great people doing great things in a single moment. But you have to look at the holistic picture of how to sustain and how to maximize those moments so that you don't rely on 20 minutes. You can actually get the job done earlier in the game because you're just you've learned and you've you've improved. So I, I do think this is actually a weakness of Real Madrid, is that they will and that look, they've gotten better at it, to be honest. Because when I was a kid, we signed Beckham and sold Makaleli. Uh so that is not a good that's not an analytic look. Uh, it's not a sporting look uh, to improve your team. And so we've come a long way since then, in my opinion. And I think we've even come a long way in the last five, six years. But uh, I think it continually needs to improve. It's a valid concern, Felix. Uh, and uh, why does Real Madrid never, never uh, like look for a specific sort of philosophy, same as uh, other, other basically pretty much every other club we got Juventus we got Bayern Munich we got Ch- even Chelsea we got Man City these years we got Manchester United we got Barcelona I, I said it we got even Arsenal but Real Madrid and I think the best philosophical like approach can be German football like pretty much it 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 it, it is physical it's very offensive it's pretty much most efficient sort of football and they're pretty much only f- a philosophy philosophical approach that basically can beat any other any other sort of football ideas like i don't know you can say uh, total football of dutch that is played many years by barcelona or like uh, uh, italian football why why don't we approach it it's just pretty much the most dominant sort of style of football we had some german coaches you pankis we got bernard schuster if i'm not wrong he was coaching madrid but we should approach that sort of football and it's pretty much sustainable. It has been answered for pretty much 70 years for Bayern Munich. Why not for us? The answer to this question really, Ramtin, is um, is that Real Madrid don't care to be married to one single football ideology. And I think there are limitations to maybe not having that specific identity from year to year. But at the same time, they've also been more successful than anyone, partly because they've been tactically malleable and, you know, they can go into a counterattack against Pep's Bayern or they can go into, uh, you know, another season, you know, 16, 17 control and high press like they did under Zidane. And I think that's actually suited them. And I think it's difficult to sustain a certain ideology from one era to the next because every coach is different and every coach is different in part because we don't have a sporting director who makes sure that every single coach has, has one certain football philosophy. Um, you know, and, and, and every club is kind of different. And, you know, the funny thing with this is that like Barca, for example, who are the stereotypical, you know, cry of total football, that you know they had that ideology really only until Cruyff came along and Cruyff himself was incredibly i think mislabeled in some extent like Eduardo Alvarez has has talked about this and i have when I went back and rewatched those classicals when Cruyff was a manager from my book and for example the Copa del Rey final where we placed Cruyff's uh Barca no one would even un- 
think that this was true, but in that Copa del Rey final, Real Madrid against Barcelona, I think it was 19, was it 80 or something? I, I have to go back and, and look at the date. Real Madrid dominated Barcelona. High press, control. Barcelona played an extremely low block and kicked the shit out of us. And now, like, it's just like, even, I and then, you know, they have had maybe that Pep stint and maybe Xavi's plays a certain way now. But I also think like they are labeled as this thing where they've only played that style of football like for a few years, if you really think about it. Uh, and then when Luis Enrique came along, his philosophy was different. He played much more uh, direct transition Very attacks true. with MSN. And then Ernesto Valverde came along. He had a certain philosophy. Kuhlman was completely different. So I, I also think that some of these teams that are labeled a certain way are like that in only phases of their club. Um but anyways, I'm not against like to be quite honest with you, and and maybe this is because I'm I have recency bias. I just finished Ryan O'Hanlon's book called Net Gains. It's a really great book about analytics and the evolution of football. And basically, the conclusion is after many many studies, the probably the the statistically best way to win in football is to control possession in the opponent's half and press because that generates mathematically the most chances over and over again. And then at that point, it's a numbers game. You just the more chances you have the more chances you have of putting the ball in the back of the net. Whereas like last year, Real Madrid, it was all about maximizing and scoring improbable low XG over, uh, off of like a few transition, Vinicius transition attacks. So, but I do think like, it's a, it's a long-winded way of saying, I don't think Real Madrid will ever go into that mode where this is the philosophy and that's it. It's very possible that Raul, you know, could come one day and play this high octane pressing football. And then the next, the next time, a coach comes along. It's a different tactic, but it works as well. I don't know. I'm just making shit up now, but but it, I I don't think we have to be married to a certain ideology. I don't know if you had any thoughts on this, Ewan. No, I think what Real Madrid do is is the right way to approach it. You know, Real Madrid has always been about get the best players and we'll fit something and the coach around it. And if it doesn't work, we try something else. And they prioritize get the best players, get them on good contracts and. If you have the best players, you have the best chance to win. The structure, the coaching, the philosophy can come later. And I totally agree <laughs> with what you said, Keen, about some of these teams that maybe we consider as being like this or like that. Actually, when you look at it, aren't it's a bit more of a an easy label to put on a certain club. But I mean, just look at the Barcelona team that's going to win the league this year. They just had their 11th 1 0 um, of the season tonight, which it matches the record for 1 0 wins in a La Liga season. You know, this is not the Barcelona philosophy that most people would uh, imagine. But, you know, Barcelona have been able to adapt and, uh, you know, maybe people aren't happy about the way they play uh, the Camp Nou. Some, uh, some angry fans tonight going to another 1-0. But um, that's the best thing for them, just like it's the best thing for Real Madrid, is to be able to be adaptable and, and you know, suit depending on the players you have because... You know, you can't just be wedded to one philosophy for an entire club's existence. That just that can't happen. And like Keane said, it never really has actually happened um, with any single club. The funny thing is, uh, that, like, you look at this Barca team, they I wonder where they would be in the title without Ter Stegen. Uh, <laughs> their expected goals against are 24, and they've only conceded 11 goals from that. It's uh. It's pretty incredible what they've they've managed to scrape through here. You know, they deserve to win the the champion the championship, but 
it's interesting kind of how like you know how much difference a goalkeeper can make in this in this it's like it's really similar actually to like a lot of what happened last year with Real Madrid where Courtois was also it's like you take Courtois out where Real Madrid but Real Madrid are quite happy fans and club and everyone involved to say yeah we don't mind that we're winning in large part because of Thibaut Courtois because he's one of our 11 players and we went out and bought him and this is part of the plan it's fair whereas you say that to maybe fans of Barcelona and they might be a bit more reluctant or even like offended to to admit that it's down to the goalkeeper a lot because it is a bit more of this idea of no we should play a certain philosophy but behind the scenes I think at Barcelona they're just as content most people most directors at Ter Stegen helping them win the league because he's also a player who you know they've signed a new contract and he's one of the 11 players and you know it's all just about perceptions at different clubs and um, at the end of the day most clubs are prioritize the players over a philosophy um, because if you don't do that you're not going to win this at the end of the day the differences in football are usually down to who has the most talent in their 25-man squad Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know, all the mundane stuff that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.